Well, good morning. My name is Jason, one of the pastors here, and I am uh, delighted that you're here with us this morning. If you're new with us, we've spent the whole year focused on the hope of Jesus. On the hope of Jesus. That's a good thing to focus on. We began the year with these encounters with Jesus, these critical conversations that Jesus would have with various people of different walks of life. And he would have the conversation that he needed to have that may not have been what they wanted to have. We spent some time looking at the character of justice in a time that's divided, in a time that is um, hotly contested and confusing. We, we tried to ground ourselves in the character of God and his justice and what that requires of us. We've taken a, uh, we've been on the road to the cross that led to the glorious celebration Easter Sunday. And then we've uh, spent the last uh, uh, six weeks learning to pray, going to Jesus and saying, teach us to pray. Not simply teach me to pray, but teach us to pray. We looked at the Lord's Prayer. We looked at Jesus' kind of high priestly prayer in John chapter 17. And last week, Pastor Dean took us back to the garden and uh, just this idea how how we pray together. And we have a team approach to prayer. And I'm just incredibly grateful and thankful uh, for our congregation. I've been away for a couple weeks, had the blessing of uh, going away on vacation, which was a good thing. Uh, Some of you know I got a new knee like six months ago, and I walked up and down hills like 50 miles and all that. It was a good thing, so thanks thanks for praying. I'm so thankful for our team. I know in this series, uh, Matt and then Brad and, and, and Pastor Dean all uh, gave great messages of challenge, and they have unique gifts and unique perspectives. Thank you, Jesus. We're not all the same, and it's been great to hear from them. And then uh, I've just been overwhelmed by the ways that God is answering prayers in our congregation. We got a baptism uh, of a, a new believer uh, that we're going to celebrate at the end of the message today or into the service today and super excited about that. Uh, So thankful that God answered prayers to bring uh, uh, Mark and Hector, Mark back from the Ukraine, Hector back from Senegal, and God just used them in mighty ways. Uh, As Matt said, we're super thankful that Carissa is here to lead our kids and so excited about what God has in store for our kids and our families as uh, as we build things here. Uh, personally, I got to uh, marry off my last kid last weekend, which was uh, really pretty exciting and just overwhelmed with, uh, with joy and celebration to be able to do that. So I just got a full heart. Can I just say that? I got a full heart of gratitude this morning. And uh, when you get away for a couple weeks, you realize, wow, I really missed you all. It was great. It's great to see you again today. Uh, but I also got to share this. I was like also really, really convicted as I was looking at this uh, sermon series that we're calling Generous 
uh, rhythms. Because I got to tell you, I struggle with generosity. I do. Anybody with me? Just, it, it, it's, I can do it. It's a discipline. But it's not a natural thing for me. And I was reminded of that. Of all things, at the rehearsal dinner of my kids' wedding, which as tradition has it, you know, the groom kind of pays for that kind of stuff. And we had a nice rehearsal dinner, and uh, it came time to pay the bill. <laughs> and it's up in Carmel, right? We, we can't get married in Greenwood. We got to go to Carmel. So. <laughs> Super thankful, right? Thankful for the opportunity. But go to pay the bill, and I'm like, uh, my wife, Kim, who does not struggle with generosity. She said, oh, don't, Jason, don't worry about it. I'll take care of it. I said, no, 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 no. But here's, here's where my heart was. I, I've just got to be just transparent. We can't be too generous in our tip. Good night. I've already paid a lot of money. And I've, I've, I've you know, we've had three weddings. I've put three kids through college. I got a, I got a van that's on its last leg. I got an air conditioning unit that's 19 years old and it's on its last leg. It could go at any time. We can't be any more generous than what's acceptable. So I'm going to get there before she does and make sure she doesn't tip too much. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe you're like me. Maybe you're like Kim. I just got to confess to you, I have to work at it. And as I bring this message to you, uh, I'm just a, a, a little bit out in front maybe, but I feel like I'm over my skis in this. And then there's this whole rhythm thing. You know, part of, part of what you do when you uh, try to say, okay, God, what do our people need to hear? What do we need to hear? What do we need to hear right now, there's a reason why like churches actually meet face-to-face, -face, and we, we don't just like um, find our favorite preachers that we like to listen to and just listen to them all the time online, because great spiritual content is not a scarce commodity in our time right now. You can find it. But what, what does God have for us right now, right here, for us? And, and I think, or I know there have been so many things that have challenged our rhythms, our routines, our practices, the things that we just do. So I believe that there are, there's a question of generosity. So I would ask you this question, are you a generous person? And then there's also a question of rhythm of pattern, of routine. So the other question would be, do your rhythms support your generosity? In other words, do you have, do I have, do we have practices that allow us, that prepare us to just naturally do and respond how Jesus would have us respond? So there's both this kind of heart-level deal, and there's also this, okay, how do, I, how do I develop the right practices and the right habits so I've got margin to actually be generous?
Because I believe sometimes we have generous intentions. But if you're like me, I don't always have generous rhythms. So how do we go from generous intentions to generous rhythms? So we're going to take a few weeks and we're going to dive in. And I believe that the way that we see the hope of Jesus shapes the way that we share the hope of Jesus. Those two are so closely connected. Well, let's dive into God's Word, because that's what matters. Not just my own thoughts and my own stories, as entertaining as they may be. We need God's Word to guide us. So let me take you to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 6, verse 19. This is Jesus. This is like core of the core of the core stuff. This is Jesus. This is the Sermon on the Mount. He has all these these people who have followed him, many of whom have come because they are broken, they are hurting, they are in need of healing. And Jesus is going to instruct them about the kingdom of God. And he says this, Matthew 6, verse 19. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. Either you hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and and money. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for its ability to penetrate our hearts and our minds. So we invite you, Holy Spirit, to be our teacher this morning. May you guide my words. May they be helpful. May they bring you glory and honor. And would you burn off whatever doesn't do those things. It is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. This morning, Jesus gives us a heart check. He gives us three different metaphors, three different word pictures. And here's the way Jesus teaches. He'll give you a word picture. He'll give you a metaphor. He'll give you a parable. And it just goes over and over in your mind and in your heart. And they're so memorable and they're so compelling. And they offer so much hope. So we're going to look at these three. The first is is this. Jesus says there are two types of treasures. Two types of treasures. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. 
question for all of us to answer this morning is, where are you investing your time, your resources, and your emotional energy? Where is that going? That's what Jesus is getting after. What, what are you investing in? Eugene Peterson in the message says it this way, it's obvious, isn't it, the place where your treasure is, is the place you will most want to be and end up being. It's where you most want to be and end up being. That's the message paraphrase of this. So there are two different places. Jesus will put these two in juxtaposition. He'll put them side by side and give us an opportunity to hold them up and evaluate. First of all, there are treasures on earth. We're created to treasure something, right? Can you think of objects that you treasure? I go back and I think when I was in high school, my my first car was a $200 Ford Elite. And then when I graduated high school, I was going big time. And I saved all my dollars up, and I actually bought a new Chevy S10. It was black. I, like, I knew I had a connection. I got a deal. And I remember ordering that, and I got to pick out everything. Why I needed a tachometer. I didn't know what a tachometer is. Somebody said, you ought to have that on a car. So fine, we'll get that. Couldn't afford air conditioning. Didn't want to do that. So I had the little sliding window in the back. Got the little tonneau cover. But I mean, I was, that thing was sharp. And then a couple years later, I flipped it. Like literally flipped it. All the way back over. It's a whole other story. Confessions. But uh, but anyway, that thing went down in value. It did not hold its value. We know that the things of this earth, the things that we pursue, don't hold their value. Anybody looked at your retirement account, your stocks lately? I, any, anybody get like real cocky several months ago and you're like, you've invested in this? And like, wow, this is great. I, I got kids that are like in... Uh, you know, financial, commercial, real estate, the market, all that. Well, this is easy, right? I, I know what I'm going to get in return. And then all of a sudden I'm looking at it, it's going the other direction. The things of this world, my friends, they don't last. We don't know. I've got good financial people in here. As smart as they are, they cannot predict what the market's going to do. We don't know. We don't know. It, it, it's, so there are things of this world that are temporary. So what are the treasures in heaven? Well, that's a tricky one a little bit. What are treasures in heaven? At some level, it's, it's what we are storing up for heaven. There was an old Christian song, and it was kind of a cool song, but it, was, it, it, it had this little story to it. And, you know, it describes this guy being up in heaven and he's taking this journey and he's walking by all these mansions. And he says, is this my house in heaven? No, 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 that's not your house. Oh, it must be bigger. 
Then he gets this place and he's got a little shack. And the refrain of the song is, that's all the lumber you sent. Ooh, okay, I got to think about that. Well, maybe that's a little bit of it. But I think more than that, it's our character. It's who God is shaping us to be. If you believe this stuff is true, we're going to live with God forever. Forever. And he is preparing us now. And he is inviting us. He, is, he gives us the opportunity to not only see that love, but to share it so that others can experience that with us forever. So Jesus doesn't so much appeal to our like touchy-feely emotions on this. There's some of that too. But what he's really saying is, okay, be, think smart about this. Okay. For where your treasure is, your heart will be also. Evaluate the return on the investment. Are, you, are, are we investing in things that are just temporary or eternal? I look out here at Mark, and we prayed over Mark a couple weeks ago. He was going into the Ukraine from Budapest, and I know those flights aren't free. It, it took a little bit of money to, to fly to Budapest to, to, to drive a truck and, and humanitarian relief supplies for a couple weeks. Mark had the opportunity to share part of that testimony at our men's gathering yesterday morning. And it was just such a joy to hear how God worked in him and through him. And I was talking to him, I said, Mark, do you regret spending that money at all? I said, what would you have done with it? You know, let's talk opportunity cost. He said, well, I would have probably gotten an upgrade on my fishing gear. That would have been nice. I said, would, would, you, would you go back and do No, I wouldn't even consider spending that money differently. So what are you investing in? What are you investing in? Mean, do, do you have, are we investing in things that have eternal value? That's the question. So two types of treasure. Jesus says we have two types of eyes. Back to verse 22. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? What are healthy eyes? This is where we've, we, we've got to kind of understand what Jesus was talking about in this particular culture. There's a little bit of a wordplay going on here. There's a figure of speech. There's an expression here that we may not quite get. But this word healthy, it can be translated single-mindedness. It can also be translated generous. It has that connotation of being generous. So it, it, it's the idea that I have a single-minded focus of generosity when I open my eyes and I can see clearly God's love, God's generosity, God's grace. And I can be guided by that. The Apostle Paul, when he's writing to the church at Corinth and 
there's been a, there's been a crisis in Jerusalem. And, uh, you know, there's been famine, there's been persecution in the church at Jerusalem. And Paul is out fundraising. He's collecting. And he praises the churches in Macedonia. He says this, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 1. And now, brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. In the midst of a very severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. Same word here as healthy. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability entirely on their own. They urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the Lord's people. And then verse 9, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you, through his poverty, might become rich. I believe that's a model for us. That's a picture of generosity. And I'm going to give you the question this way, real technical terms. Do you have get to or got to eyes? Do you have get to or got to eyes? What do I mean by that? Got to describes obligation. Get to is opportunity. When I fill out my taxes, when you fill out your taxes, do you say, what a tremendous opportunity I have to be generous to the government? I fight over the $3 about the, the campaign donate whatever thing at the end. How do you feel if you missed a deduction? Do you say, oh, wow, I just, I just want to be generous? Or are you like... I left money on the table. <laughs> That's my money. Those are got two eyes. And there are some things, quite frankly, we, we, maybe we need to have got two eyes. <sighs> when I went to, to tip, I had got two eyes. I'm like, I got to just play the game. And, and do you have got two eyes with God? Or do you have get two eyes? Do you have... Do you see it in a way that, wow, what an opportunity. I have, you have, we have to be used by God to bless others. And, and he'll, he'll, we'll have him share more later, but, but Hector, who went to Senegal, also shared yesterday. And he was talking about just the, it just breaks your heart about the conditions in Senegal of these um, uh, families and the kids and the way they're orphaned and the way they're thrown away and just all these kinds of things and how organizations are trying to bring the light of Christ in there and, and Hector was sharing about how he had the opportunity to be a small part of that, of people coming to Christ and being baptized and the course of families being changed for eternity. And this is the phrase he said, how could I turn a, watch this, blind eye to that? A blind eye. A blind eye is a squinty eye in, in, in the figure of speech. It's a, 
It's a a stinginess. It's a lack of generosity. It's a closed-mindedness. How could I turn? An open eye is one that says, I let in God's grace. I let in God, and that's what fills me up. And then I respond generously. How could I turn a blind eye? How How could I not take advantage of that opportunity? Now, the reality of that is, what what do I need to open those eyes? What do I need to have get to, not just got to eyes? Well, I need the truth of God's word. I need to understand it intellectually. I need to understand the worth of God and all these things. I also need the Holy Spirit. (laughs) Because I have fear. We're going to talk about money and fear and anxiety next week because I think that's where a lot of us are. It's just hard. But I need the Spirit to remind me who I am. I need the Spirit to open up my vision and give me a perspective that's eternal, not just the right now, not just the, I'd hate to give an extra $5 on the tip. Not just a, well, I'm afraid to, to, to do this. What if? I need the Spirit. Now, finally, Jesus says we have two types of masters. He says no one can serve two masters, Matthew six twenty four. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. I don't like either or sometimes. I want to kind of, a little of this, a little of that. Jesus said, no, no. One thing's got to be your master. One thing's got to be ultimate. One thing has to be supreme he gives us a warning there's two different patterns here Paul in his letter to Timothy young Timothy picks it up this way he says for the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs The message version says, less for money brings trouble and nothing but trouble. Going down that path, some lose their footing in the faith completely and live to regret it bitterly ever after. So there's a warning. It's a clear warning. I love you too much not to give you that warning. Got a call this morning... uh, from my son at 4.45 in the morning. Got my joyful wedding. I won't show you wedding pictures. They're just, they're beautiful people. You don't need to see them. But I'll show you this picture. They're on their way to Colorado. We got it up there? It's coming. Calls me at 4.45 this morning and said, Dad, we are, that's Seth and Shelby, it's kind of dark. They're in a U-Haul. They were supposed to leave this morning. They moved to, they're moving to Denver. 
great job, starting off their lives, super excited for them. Calls me this morning and said, Dad, we were so excited, we, 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 we couldn't wait to leave this morning. We left at 11 o'clock last night, and we're, we're almost to Kansas City right now. It's great. I'm so happy for them. But here's the warning. Here's the warning I have for them. My, my kids, my flesh and blood. And it's a warning I would, I would give to all of us because I love you dearly. Whatever stage you're in, some of you have a lot of money, little money, wherever you are in that journey. I, the, the warning is don't make the love of money your God. Don't pursue that. Don't make that your ultimate. But here's the other part of that. It's a warning, but it's also a call to worship. But it's to worship the right thing. Because here's the fundamental truth that's underneath these truths. God is enough. You either believe that God is enough or God is not enough and I have to keep pursuing other things. My prayer for my kids is that God is enough, that it's real, that they can see that at a young age. I, I, you know, I look at little kids, I look at you know, kids that are going to be born soon and it's like that's my prayer, that's my prayer for us that, that God would be enough, that we would find our full satisfaction in him. John D. Rockefeller, Standard Oil, great philanthropist, all this. Maybe this, this is one of those stories. It might be apocryphal, but, I, but, it, but it makes the point. And somebody, some reporter asked, you know, this is like millions and millions of dollars. And he said, well, you know, how much more money do you need? He said, just a little more. Just a little more. Just a little more. So there's two things we can worship. One is I can, I can chase that and always want just a little more or I can find my full satisfaction in God. Now Jesus says it this way. And I'll leave you with this. Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Now the message I want to give you this, I want you to close your eyes and listen to this. He said, Jesus says, are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Would you pray with me?
Father, as we come to you this morning, many of us come, and I confess that I do, I come with hands that want to hang on to the things of this world, hands that want to hoard, hands that want to conserve And I would ask for myself, for each person here, that you would open up our hands, that you would help us to see you so clearly, your love, your goodness, your, your grace, your generosity. Help us to see that so clearly that our natural response is to open and to be generous to give. Some maybe for the first time, some to establish a rhythm of consistency, and some to just be available to just be generous. So Lord, we thank you for your generosity, and as we give back to you now, whether we've already given online or whether we would uh, Fill out an envelope and give you something today. We say thank you for your generosity towards us. And use what we've been given to bless others so that we can share your hope, Jesus. It's in your name that we pray. Amen.